Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Let's read the word of the Lord together. Acts 1, 7 through 8 says, He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, <clears throat> this lamp... And, and, and I just want to say right up front, this is, this is not a good analogy, and it's really kind of stupid, but this is my office lamp, and I can't get it to work. And um, I, uh, what I've done is I've changed out the light bulb, I've checked all the connections, and, and just watch. I, I keep turning it on, and it doesn't work. I'm sorry? It's not plugged up. Does it have to be plugged in? Oh, okay. Well, maybe that'll work. Okay. Are you sure about that? Okay, all right. Well, okay, so you have to be plugged in. The lamp has to be plugged in. Uh, I get it. And that is the theme of this sermon. You have to be plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be a developing disciple of Jesus Christ. He says there, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our Redeemer. May these words be your words. For all that I don't speak, O God, fill in the gaps. For all that I misspeak, may you correct it in our hearing. May this be your word, O God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, the passage that was just read for you were the last words of Jesus as Luke reports them in the book of Acts. Now, last words of Jesus, he ascends into heaven. He leaves behind 120 behind that, that's what we believe, witnessed his ascension. Let's imagine, let's fast forward a little bit. Jesus is now in heaven, and the first person that meets him is the angel Gabriel. And Gabriel says, hey, Jesus, how'd it go? And Jesus said, excellent, great. And so Gabriel said, okay, be more specific. Did they make you king? And he goes, nope. Did they make you a prince? Nope, nope, not not a prince. Did they worship you? Well, most didn't. Well, Jesus, what happened? And he said, they crucified me. And Gabriel looks at him and he goes, did they worship you then? And he goes, nope. And so Gabriel says, So wait a minute. Now, you got crucified. They didn't worship you, and you've come back to heaven. What's next? He said, well, I left my workers behind. And so Gabriel said, oh, I get it. You left them behind. So you left like a million people to share your word around the world. Nope, not a million. He said, well, then then a thousand. He goes, nope. 
Jesus, Jesus, you know, you're really, you're the son of God, for goodness sakes. And how many did you leave? And he goes, 120. 120? 120 to take the gospel around the world? Well, what are you thinking, Jesus? And Jesus said, they're going to do it. They're going to make it. Okay, Jesus. All right, Jesus. All right. So you left 120. And I've seen some of those people that you left. And I've got some real questions about them. So what's plan B? And Jesus says, I don't have a plan B. That's my plan. You don't have a plan B, Jesus? You don't have another plan? What if they fail? And Jesus said, they're not going to fail. Well, how do you know that, Jesus? He said, because I know each one of them by name. He knows us by name. When we become to faith in Jesus Christ, God through Jesus Christ knows us by name. And and we are given the opportunity to claim and to own and to be the presence of God in this world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want to do is take a look at this passage and break it down just a little bit. Okay? So, what he says here is... And, and before I do, let me just say something about the book of Acts. Um, Because there's arguments about the book of Acts. It's written by Luke. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the book of Acts. And then all of these letters. Okay? And the letters are written really before the Gospels. All right? All the letters are written before the Gospels. They're written between probably 45, 48, and early 60s. The Gospels are written in the 60s. John as late as maybe 90. And so... Luke writes this connection between the Gospels and the letters. And there's, there's an argument here. Um, and the first is, is that Luke is really writing this as a defense for Paul. Okay? Because if you read the book of Acts, it really takes, the, uh, takes Paul and puts him in the light of, of not being against the Roman authorities. Okay? And so he's writing it as a defense. Another opinion is that um, that there is a conflict between the Jewish Christian communities and the Gentile Christian communities, and so the Book of Acts is written to bring these two communities together. Okay, the only problem with those two opinions is that this is the thesis that was read for you for the Book of Acts. Jesus gives the um, authority to that 120, he offers them the power of the Holy Spirit. And then next comes Pentecost and the visitation of the Holy Spirit. And 5,000 then come to know Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And throughout the rest of the book of Acts, we see how not by the ability of these early Christians, but by the Holy Spirit that they are able to do the works of God. And so much so that 2,000 years later, 
there are a billion people around the world that proclaim the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior. And yet we've still got a lot of work to do. We've still got a lot of work to do. So, so what is Jesus saying here? He starts out by saying, you're not going to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. So Jesus refers to authority. And, and what Jesus is trying to do here is to, to kind of straighten the disciples out because the disciples in that 120 still think that the, some kind of earthly kingdom is coming. That, that Jesus has come to provide this empowerment so that they can throw out the Romans and reestablish Jerusalem. Okay? And so he's talking about the authority of God here that... Uh, that really is an authority not of this world but of God. A kingdom not of this world but of all worlds. Okay? So he says, It is not for you to know the times or period that the Father has set by his own authority. And the Greek word there is exousia, which means authority. But literally, it's delegated authority. In other words, he's saying to his disciples that you are being delegated the power of God. You are being delegated the authority of God. You're being delegated the authority of the one who who made the earth, who put the stars in the sky, who put the sun and the moon in the sky, that you are given that authority that heals, that, that changes, that quiets the storm. Exousia. And the implication is that the authority of the Father is delegated to us. We have that authority. We have the authority to speak, to work, and to act, not on our own, but in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then he says, you will receive, okay, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Acts 1, Acts 8 tells us that not only will the followers continue to receive the delegated authority, but now they're going to receive power. And I'm going to quickly kind of run through this because in English, you know, when we talk about receive, it's like, okay, I'm going to receive something. I'm going to receive a letter. I'm going to, you know, receive a plate of food for lunch. Um, that's not what this word means at all, okay? The word is lambono, which means to not just receive, literally it means receive, but it doesn't just mean to receive, but to take. To take. In fact, it means to actively or aggressively take hold. Now, you know, for me, when, when I first became a Christian and I was thinking about the Holy Spirit, I was thinking, okay, God, okay, do it. Come on. That's not the way it works. We have to take action. We have to take a step toward God. We have to not just wait, but we have to search and aggressively take what it is that God is offering us. And we we do that by showing up at worship. 
with showing up where God's people are by participating in groups that are working for God, doing things for God, or studying the, the Holy Scriptures. We do so by, by not only just what we're doing on Sunday morning or what we might be doing some night of the week in studying or even what we might be doing if we, if we have a very active prayer life, but who we are and what we do at work or at school or in our neighborhoods. In fact, I would ask you the question, and I ask myself this question on occasion, if you did not say a word about Jesus, if you didn't have a Bible on your desk, if you didn't have a cross anywhere around, a wear cross on you, would people know you were a Christian? Would they know you were a Christian? By simply how you lived. I mean, when you look at your calendar... Would they say, this is a Christian? I can see it on the calendar. When, uh, when they look at your checkbook, they can, would they say, oh, I, yeah, this person's a Christian. I can see by the way that they handle their finances. If, if they were to walk into your house, would they know? We are to take. We are to take to receive the power. And, and the... The word power there is also a very interesting word because the word there is dynamus from which we get our word dynamite. This is not just an ordinary power. This is a power that, that literally explodes with the presence of God. Those early disciples, they weren't qualified. They, weren't, they didn't have any special abilities um, Peter was a fisherman, for goodness sake, when he, pro- when he preached the first sermon at Pentecost. And yet 5,000 were converted. There was an explosion that took place when they took hold of the Holy Spirit. Dynamus, dynamite, power through God's ability. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, so now you're asking, okay, I want this power. I want this authority. It may be what's missing in my life. What do I need to do to get there? Jesus says, and it's spelled out and repeated over and over and over again in the book of Acts. You will be my witnesses. Jesus has promised power and authority of the Holy Spirit. And the way that we claim that power is by being witnesses. Now, we often think of witnesses as something that is done in court. You know, stand on, stand on a, you sit on a, in a courtroom, you take a vow to tell the truth, you have to tell the truth. I'm going to witness and tell the truth. And, and we also think of witnessing in the Christian faith as talking about Jesus, Right? Uh, that's not what this word means. The word is martyr. Do you hear it? Martyr. The word means one who dies for a cause. One who dies for a cause. You shall be my witnesses. You shall be the ones who are willing to die for the cause of Jesus Christ. And those early Christians did. By the hundreds, all but John, the apostle, all the other disciples were martyred. 
There are countries still that if they find it's against the law to be a Christian, and if they find out you're a Christian, you'll be put to death. We don't have that problem in our culture, do we? I don't think, I don't think there's anyone that's been executed in the United States for being a Christian. So let's talk about a different kind of death. In what ways are we giving ourselves up for Christ? In what ways are we sacrificing for Christ? In what ways are we making decisions for Jesus Christ? In what ways are we being a martyr to give up our lives for a cause for the sake of Jesus? Because it it would seem to me the way that this reads... And as I look at the rest of the book of Acts, if we are going to claim, if we are going to aggressively grab hold of the Holy Spirit, it is done so by witnessing, by giving ourselves up for the cause, by being identified as one who follows Jesus, whether or not we have the symbols are the words that would come out of our mouths, but because of the way that we give up our lives for Jesus. You shall be my witnesses. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This is hard. And um, even as a pastor, as I've tried to, to understand this passage, and I've preached on this passage on several different occasions, and, and it always just cuts to my very to the very center of my soul because I have to ask the question am I really doing this? I mean this is hard I mean to, to look at every area of my life and, and think to myself am I giving myself up for Jesus? Now this is also what I believe though and I have come to know in my life is the more that I give up for Christ the more that I am blessed by God. It's kind of a, for, for me, it's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual deal. The, the more that I give up, the more that I pour out, the more that is poured into me. Um, and, and so I have to watch myself because sometimes I get a little selfish. You know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give extra now to church because I think I'm going to be blessed financially. That's not the way it works at all. I get blessed in a whole lot of different ways. And I could go on for hours in the way that God has blessed me when I don't deserve it. In what ways are we giving ourselves up for Jesus? We can only find our call. We can only receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of God if we have one mission to be witnesses to be martyrs for Jesus Christ and we all start at different places it's a process two steps forward one step back hopefully growing over the years where I am now I wasn't five years ago where I was five years ago I wasn't five years ago and I pray with all of my might that where I am in five more years I will not be where I am today. That God will continue to shape me and mold me and make me more 
like him. Joni Erickson, and if you know the name, you know that she's a quadriplegic. You know that she has a caretaker that has to get her up and bathe her every morning and feed her. That uh, she has to be carried and placed into her wheelchair. And if you know that name, you also know that she is one of the, one of the greatest Christian speakers in our nation today. She is in more demand than any other Christian speaker. And because in spite of her physical disability, she continues with power and authority to speak for Jesus. And when she speaks from that wheelchair with no use of her arms and legs, people listen. And this is what she said. This is what she said. When it comes to the Christian life, the stakes are high. Things like heaven, hell, eternal reward. You and I get one chance on earth to live a pleasing life to our Lord. No starting over, no reincarnation. We've been given life and breath to prove our faith and demonstrate what we believe. It is why I sometimes wake up at night wondering, am I doing the right thing called the Christian life right Am I making the most of the moments God gives me? I want to tell you, if Joni Erickson can ask that question, all of us should be. There will always be questions and doubts. Our job is to have faith in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it means just showing up just showing up at worship even when we don't feel like it. Because it's in, for me, it's in those moments that God can really speak to me. It's, it means showing up to, to, be, to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, either with our service or with our words. It means showing up, just showing up. Not because we have the ability, but because we are putting ourselves at God's disposal to be used. And so I ask, may God pour out His grace to make us strong. May we experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our day. May we become extraordinary people living extraordinary lives. And may God grant that even in these uncertain days, that God will use us in the work of our lives and in this church we call Stonebridge. And may we be a joyful community where we strive to live and love like Jesus more and more each day. Will we? The, the story's told about a logger um, who started a hardware store and, and uh, he had this, this city slicker come in who'd bought a farm and he wanted to clear some property and so he needed to buy a chainsaw. And so he said, I need the best chainsaw you got. I got all kinds of money. I want the best chainsaw. And so this guy said, I tell you what, I got this chainsaw, and you can, you, can, you, can, you can cut down 50 trees a day with this chainsaw. And the guy says, I'll buy it. I don't care what it costs. Here's my credit card. Well, three weeks later, the guy comes back in, and he said, this chainsaw is not working. He said, I can only cut down three trees a day. The guy said, three trees a day. He said, that's the best chainsaw I've got. He said, give it to me. And so he puts it down on the ground and he pulls the, pulls the, the cord. 
and you know, got it going, kind of tuned it up a little bit. And the guy jumped back and he said, what's that noise? That's funny, guys. Okay, that's a, that's, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. We are like that sometimes in our lives. We laugh at the ignorance. But how many of us have either failed to pull the cord or failed to get plugged in? We are not alone. We have each other. We have the Spirit of Christ. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit that is working among us. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.